Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to the You Thought Podcast. Today, we will be focusing on the NFL Draft, which took place this past weekend in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. I'm sure everybody was happy to have some real live sports happening for once. We are your hosts, Wyatt, Aiden, Jared, Lucas, and yours truly, Bart. First, let's just take a look at the draft uh, as a whole and, and do some grading. Um, Lucas, let's start with you. Which teams stuck out to you? So I'm going to start talking about uh, my own Philadelphia Eagles, who I have very strong opinions on in the opposite direction that most people do. I honestly think they had a really good draft, despite a lot of initial skepticism on my part about it. I was very suspicious of the Jalen Rigor pick initially. He had a lot less yards than Justin Jefferson, a lot less hype surrounding him. But if you look at their respective quarterbacks, uh, Justin Jefferson had a 69% accuracy rate when people when he was thrown out by Joe Burrow. And Jalen Rigor had a 31% accuracy rate when he was thrown out in college by the TCU quarterback. So I watched him highlights. And with what he did, he did really well. Um, the Eagles' whole strategy seems to be going fast. Um, and he was able to do that really well. They plugged up a bunch of holes they needed in later rounds, though it might have been better to get them in earlier rounds. Um, but, you know, they still got the holes plugged up. They got Davion Taylor um, and Sean Bradley at linebacker, and with Malcolm Jenkins out the door, they got Kayvon Wallace at safety, who I think is a really good pick and has a lot of ties to Brian Dawkins and his family as well. But that leaves out the one big controversial pick, which is quarterback Jalen Hurts. Um, who the Eagles took in the second round. I know people hate this pick, but I think it's a really, really good pick. Wentz has been injured frequently, and you see how it kind of goes when he has a good backup. They win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. And when he has a bad backup and Josh McCown, and they just like crash out of the playoffs early. I think Hertz is a perfect backup, and given some time to develop, I think he can take over as the starter. Um, I've said it before, but I think Wentz is a really good quarterback, but he's not elite, and the injuries just drag him down year by year by year. Um, and I think Hurts could be a guy who could take over and has a ton of upside if he ever does go down or if the injuries just harm his level of play. Um, very quickly, other teams I thought did good were the Lions. Their defense got a lot better with Jeff Akuda and Julian Aquara. Um, plus, they got DeAndre Swift, who's going to be a great pair with Kerryon Johnson at running back. And in terms of bad drafts, uh, the Texans' draft was bad. They needed to replace DeAndre Hopkins, and they waited till the fifth round to draft a wide receiver, Isaiah Coulter from the University of Rhode Island. Plus, they just didn't have a ton of picks with none in the first round. So their talent didn't really improve that much, and their offseason continues to spiral. <laughs> so those are my initial takes on the draft. I realize that was a lot all at once. but Yeah, I actually agree entirely on the Eagles. Um, and you know who, you know who loved... The quarterback pick, all the PFF guys on Twitter, they are going off about it. And so I was like, okay, maybe there's actually something to be said. And also I think Howie Roseman deserves um, like the benefit of the doubt at this point. He's drafted really well for the Eagles recently. So, yeah, I just wanted to say I agree, even though, yeah, for some reason people are crapping on the Eagles in general. Yeah. Bart just what, does what, whatever what's the PFF reason, tells him. You know? yeah. What's the reason that other than just you need a good backup, though? Then what's the reason for drafting them like in the second round? A backup quarterback. Do you think I that's feel, high? Well, I feel like in the, the Eagles case where it, it does feel like an almost certainty that Car Carson Wentz is not, you know, going to make it 16 games. Um, 
And yeah, second round is high, but it does feel like in this case, it's a, it's a pretty serious insurance policy on Carson Wentz and having a competent backup. And, and maybe the Eagles are thinking, I don't know what you guys think on this, but thinking towards the future and like not sure if they can deal with Carson Wentz as their, as their primary starting QB given all these injury issues. I don't know. Right. No, I mean, worst case, you just trade Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you, you, you I mean, he, he will likely be, like, allowed to play in the preseason at least, mm-hmm. right? And then they'll get an idea of maybe he's good tra- uh, trade capital or not. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Hope for, I hope for Jalen's sake that he gets to get in for a couple games <laughs> and then gets traded mm-hmm. to a team where he can be, like, the bona fide starter. I, uh, rather than, like, yeah. permanently sitting behind Carson yeah. Wentz and just being, like, six games here and there. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't want yeah. that. I don't want that for him. Yeah, although I think it's entirely likely that Jalen Hurts within three or four years is the starter for the Eagles. Like, I I think I could see Carson Wentz either getting so injured that he can't, like, play in the long term or just, like, it's not worth the, like, on and off of, like, he plays eight games and then doesn't play eight games for all that to happen. So I could see Hurts taking over within the next few years, but we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. Bart, what about your Minnesota Vikings? The worst yeah. grade that I saw on them was a B plus. <laughs> yeah, so, so, <laughs> I actually like I, I I'm not even trying to like it's easy to fall and like drink the Kool Aid as they say, um, and I'm trying not to do that. I, I actually don't know that I love it all that much. I mean, okay, on the one hand, it's hard not to because at the end of the day, the NFL draft is just a lottery. And so, as they say, it's always best to just try to get as many lottery tickets as you can. And that way you maximize your chances of hitting on people. And so they had 15 picks. It set a record for the most picks ever in a draft. So in that in that sense, yeah, I loved it. I, I think in the past, Rick Spielman has been good at picking players in late rounds and in finding gems that can develop or whatever. So, yeah, that, that was good. And then, I mean, I guess they say in the first few rounds you want to try to draft starters and they definitely filled some holes. They drafted Justin Jefferson at receiver. They drafted a cornerback. They drafted an offensive tackle um, all in the first three rounds. So it seems like they plugged some holes there. So overall, it was great. I just don't know that it was like, oh, my gosh, this draft is crazy good. And there's no way that it like falls apart, you know, because that's mm-hmm. also possible, too. It's they've you know shown that they can't necessarily scout the wide receivers and tackles very well, at least in the past. So those picks might fall flat. We'll see. But, yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. What did you think? I don't have, I don't okay. have very strong opinions about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean for sure. Um, was there anything that stuck out to you? Yeah, Wyatt, I'm looking, I'm looking straight at you on this one. I know you the, are. The Dallas Cowboys, Wyatt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> CD Lamb is a great pick. Um, definitely, he, he definitely could end up being the best wide receiver in this draft. A lot of people are mm-hmm. saying that. So think, mm-hmm. think about the offense they're gonna have. Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott, who are both one and two in the rookie of the year voting, you know, so they've been good. Um, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. They have their great offensive line. Super Bowl winning head coach Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore. The, the riches just keep going on. They address their some defensive needs. They got two defensive linemen. An Alabama corner and Trayvon Diggs. Notre Dame alum Jalen Smith is already there at linebacker. Hey. I really like, especially in like, <clears throat> I know Lucas is high in the Eagles draft, but a lot of people don't think they necessarily had a very stellar draft. The Giants, nobody's really saying they had a terrible draft, but like uh, the Giants and Redskins, still people aren't really expecting to be that good. So I feel like yeah. the NFC at East is there is the Cowboys for the, um, it's theirs for the taking. So yeah. I was pretty impressed with them. 
um Wyatt, what do you do? You want to respond or? <laughs> well, the problem is, I I do think that the Cowboys did a good job with their draft. I think when Ceedee Lamb kind of falls in your lap, yeah. um, you kind of have to take him right there. But I'm gonna go with the Giants as one of my picks for one of the the better drafts this year, and it's it's a homer mm-hmm. pick for me. It's definitely, of course, as a fan of the Giants, I want us to have a good draft. But I know <laughs> that like picking an offensive tackle at number four mm-hmm. isn't flashy or sexy or anything no. like that. But you got to do it. And then they got Xavier McKinney, um, Alabama teammate to Trevon Diggs. He fell right into our lap. So I think we we both, as both teams in the division, got lucky. I definitely think that the Cowboys are going to be in a better position to win that division than we are. But um, other teams <laughs> that stuck out for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's, there's no way that we're there yet. Unless Daniel Jones really takes a leap. But I don't yeah, know. I feel yeah. like I'd just be wishful at that point. Um, but the Ravens also stuck out to me. Yeah. I thought the Ravens, cause they got Patrick queen, um, who I kind of, I did a little mock draft before the, the draft actually started and I put Patrick queen to the Ravens. I felt like that he would have been a good spot there. Um, yeah. he's kind of one of those, I mean, a lot of every linebacker nowadays is the one of those do it all ones. But my favorite pick, um, of the day even was JK Dobbins. He's from my favorite school, Ohio state, <laughs> but he's basically just Mark Ingram 2.0. So you, you just got, you know, another four or five more years of Mark Ingram. Good for them. My only qualm, uh, that and also the, the Chiefs took a running back in the first round. I just think that's too early in general to mm. take running backs these days. I, I don't know that the, the, the value is worth it there. Um, but I, I also love J.K. Dobbins. I just, yeah, I don't know. Running backs just feel so interchangeable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. Too, too injury prone and interchangeable. They do, though, like they're so well designed that team everywhere else that like if you can even like upgrade a little bit in a position like running back or at least have a younger version of what you have now in Mark Ingram like Wyatt said yeah I think that's a huge plus yeah that's fair I I have more of an issue with it when it's a team that's rebuilding and takes like a running back with one of their top picks kind Mm -hmm. of thing I I think that's a very dangerous gamble but yeah I I think you're right that in the Ravens case it makes more sense and the Chiefs case I think the Chiefs are fine there yeah, don't don't mention that. Yeah. I mean, say, I like Saquon Barkley, but picking him number two overall, I think we were a little hopeful on our championship <laughs> odds instead of more where we are, you know, as far as our building goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One last pick I'd like to yeah highlight, which you know everyone has been talking about, is the Jordan Love pick. Green Bay still trying to <laughs> still trying to contend in quotes um, with Aaron Rodgers, who's who hasn't been injured that often. You know, he's thirty six. He's old, but not like Tom Brady old. Um, and they pick Jordan Love instead of like a another offensive weapon for Rodgers to go after, uh, which is a, a very curious pick. But anyway, I hate yeah, it. Just rip- yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jared. Like like um. So uh, Jordan Love right now is 21, but let's say Aaron Rodgers plays for like, if he goes to Tom Brady age, like if he plays for like six more years, he's going to be like 27. A lot of his years are kind of wasted. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it seems super early to be looking for the heir apparently. I know. And he doesn't even feel like a, like, like a good backup if you're having an insurance policy for Rodgers getting injured because he's a guy who needs some amount of development. So it's not like I feel like he could step in and be super successful. And you're not taking an insurance policy in the first round either. I know. You know no, you're not trading up to get and a trading insurance up. policy. Yeah, trading up. I, I, I read <laughs> no. somewhere that it's literally just Matt LaFleur trying to stick it to Aaron Rodgers. Like <laughs> there seems to be like some sort of power struggle going on there. He just like doesn't like the way he plays or something really? like that. It's it's yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily grounded in anything real. 
Um, yeah. But I could see it. I could see it. Aaron Rodgers does yeah. seem like a kind of guy who's like on a high horse and thinks he's yeah, better yeah. than the coach yeah. kind of thing. So it's probably. I don't know. Matt LaFleur. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> Matt LaFleur has developed great quarterbacks such as uh, Malik Zaire and <laughs> Deshaun Kaiser in his year as yeah. Notre Dame quarterbacks coach. So. <laughs> oh, okay. But it's probably really how they they do really feel about Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. Yeah. 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 It must be. Otherwise it just makes zero sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. they got to play him on his rookie contract. Jordan love. He has yeah. four years, fifth year option. Yeah. I imagine within the next four years, we're going to see a little bit of Jordan love. I don't think that they're going to wait six or seven years when Jordan loves 27 years old to finally play him. Yeah. <laughs> so who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. So we're going to move on a little bandwagons here. We're going to pick, they're not all draft related. We can go wherever, but I'll, all of mine are draft related. So I'm going to start with some of my offs first. I'm going off of Roger Goodell's basement. For a guy who's worth that much money, I was very underwhelmed by the basement that he had. I thought his setup wasn't wasn't very nice. I thought that he was going to be a little nicer. And uh, especially seeing the other setups of like the other coaches and executives, I thought that they were going to do more with Roger Goodell. Um, and then... The other off well, he, that I have. I don't know what he didn't show, though. I don't know what he didn't show. Oh, and another thing for Roger Goodell is I'm off Roger Goodell, period, because not for him personally, but I, we would slowly watch him slowly slip into madness as he got more and more tired throughout the night. I think I was watching like the third or fourth round, and he started standing and ended up laying down in his couch making the picks. So we, we kind of just watched him I fall apart it. there. Love it. And then. Yeah. Um, my other off is ESPN's tragedy showcase. Yeah. So like every time a player would get drafted, they would just throw something up at the bottom. It was like their fun fact about like the, the worst thing that could have possibly happened to their parents or something <laughs> like that. They did it for everybody. Yeah. And I was saying, you know, one day if I have, if I'm lucky enough to have a kid that goes to the NFL, they're going to put like something up for me where it's like in 2015, his father ran a red light. And then I'm just going to be, I'm going to be the talk of the town as far as draft prospects go. (laughs) Not looking forward to that day. They love it. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. No, they they definitely love the tragedy. ESPN. They love anything that's dramatic. Um, When the second round started, um, I think the first like four or five picks, they didn't do anything like that for. And so I was like, oh, they listened to people on social media and they stopped it. And then it just all came back in a flood after that. And, like, right, never mind. and they ask the players about it all the time. It's like, oh, this is the best day of your life. Tell us about your dead parents. And it's like, <laughs> come on. Some low blows coming from <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, so for, for my off, I'm going with the Saints QB strategy, which I've been a little confused by this week. Um, spending a lot of money on backup QBs, the Saints are at the moment. Uh, they signed Taysom Hill to a to a twenty one million over the next two years. I think he's kind of been talked about as you know the the heir apparent, I guess, for Drew Brees. But now we're hearing that they're about to sign Jameis, which is fun. Um, like they, they Jameis, have signed him yeah. officially. Oh, they have. Oh, gotcha. Now, I think today they did. How much money was it for? Out of curiosity. Um, Oh, let me get back to you on that. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, apparently Jameis said that he turned down co- other contracts because he liked what the Saints did with Teddy Bridgewater. That's a lot. Maybe that's just what agent, yeah, what Jameis's agent wants us to believe. Um, but I guess he thinks Sean Baton can turn him around. But we're still facing the possibility that Jameis is a third string next year on a one-year contract. <laughs> and Bart, do you have the the contract figure? Because if the Saints are spending like. 
they're spending a ton of money on QBs at this point. Real quick, did you hear the stat for Jameis Winston? Yeah. Oh, so Jameis so Winston has completed 10 yeah. passes to Saints players, and <laughs> Taysom Hill has only completed seven, seven passes <laughs> to Saints players. So yeah. so based on the stats, it looks like Jameis will be a better Saints QB. That's that's what the he stats He knows say. their guys. So anyway, exactly. He's, <laughs> he has experience. Um, but anyway, so an, an interesting move by the Saints, really investing in backup QBs. It shows that I guess they don't totally believe in Taysom Hill. Um, at the moment or that he's he's ready next year um, they're willing to to give Jameis the call there so we'll see interesting but anyway, I don't think they released uh, the terms of the deal it doesn't I can't yeah. really find it anywhere Taysom Hill signed a two-year 21 million though which is I know absurd which is a um, lot of money so they wouldn't have apparently the Saints are low on cap space so they don't have a lot of money left anyway so it's weird to be if <laughs> they are it. spending money on Jameis it he, doesn't he's gonna really get paid like a million um, per touch. I know. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two touches, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. <laughs> um, for my, my bandwagon off, I, I just, I really felt for Todd McShay when they announced on the first day that he was going to be missing it because he's battling the virus. I just can't imagine. The whole year, I mean, the, the draft is like his thing. That's all I know him for. The whole year he must have been prepping for it, getting excited. And then he missed out on it just because of this craziness. Oh, man, I felt really bad for him. So I, I just thought that that sucks so much to have that. Um, but I'm sure he's going to he's gonna rebound and he's going to make up for it with some excellent analysis on the 2021 draft. <laughs> uh, Jared, what about you? Uh, I'm getting off the Isaiah Thomas hate bandwagon that has been fueled by the Michael Jordan propaganda, <laughs> a.k.a. the last dance. Um <laughs> It was really sad. I was really sad to see him. Like, he was on first take, um, I think, yesterday. Like, defending. He had to defend all these things that he did. And he's just, like, he's just on the defensive. It also doesn't really look good for him to be, like, going on these shows and be like, let me explain myself about these things that happened, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So I'm not necessarily on his bandwagon either, but I I just, I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't around, obviously, when he was playing, but it doesn't seem to me like, all the attacks that he get are justified. So I'm not yeah. on that hate, hate wagon, hate bandwagon. I agree too. Like, uh, I mean, it is maybe partially because like the bad boys Pistons are one of my favorite NBA teams ever. So I like, I love all the players there, but I think that like he got the hate for walking off the court, but as he mentioned, like the Celtics did it to them when they lost, like it just seemed like a, a passing of the torch type thing that like happened. And what is it like good sportsmanship? No, but it's like, it's part of it. And I think a lot of it too, like you mentioned comes from, um, the the Michael Jordan love and like anybody who's like even a little bit opposed to anything Michael Jordan says like a, a legion of Gen Xers will just like <laughs> latch on and like defend Michael Jordan to the end you didn't watch basketball back then how would you know I yeah. know exactly yeah. <laughs> um, but leading into that the bandwagon I'm getting off is related to Roger Goodell related to the draft again and it's him encouraging fans to virtually clap. It was like maybe a fun idea a the one. first time, but like when he, they had the like screen behind him, um, where there were like all the fans, and he'd be like, "Come on, Buccaneers fans, let's get going!" And like it just got tiresome after like yeah. the third Dude, time. He might be like, the least charismatic person I've ever seen. I, I, I cringed every time he did that. Yeah. No, and like. He should know his role. Like, they're going to cheer anyway. Like, it just, yep. I, I want to hear the pick. I just, 
knock on wood, we don't have to do this again next year. But if we do, I think they should cut that out of the programming. <laughs> also, also, too, real quick, after every round, the number of tiles, either there were more blank tiles or they had to, like, keep getting bigger tiles because less people were, like, tuned in to the class. <laughs> That's <laughs> Back to Wyatt, me. What, yeah, which bandwagons are you jumping on? So I'm going to jump on. I feel like I should mention Jerry Jones is a super expensive incredible yacht setup but we kind of expect that because we know how rich jerry yeah. jones is <laughs> but cliff kingsbury posted a picture of his war room setup and he might have the nicest house i've ever seen probably ever <laughs> not just do nfl coaches ever Yo. so i'm gonna hop on his bandwagon hopefully at some point he'll invite us over um yeah. good friends friend of the pod you know. yeah. <laughs> love to do a podcast let us <laughs> y'all remember when he was off two weeks ago i think it was yeah maybe yeah, exactly us complimenting the cardinals in this podcast is totally honest <laughs> my favorite thing about cliff kingsbury's house though is how there's a fireplace and he lives in phoenix yeah. <laughs> never yeah. necessary ever yeah. and uh my next one is i'm gonna go with deandre swift and Mackay Becton's family jeans. They showed a picture of DeAndre Swift right after he got drafted, and his dad is huge. Like he's cut. He's one of the. No offense. Like my dad. My dad has done a really good job of getting back in shape, and he's he's really in shape. But he's the most cut dad I've ever seen. Is DeAndre Swift's dad? And then they also showed Mackay Becton's family, and there was a guy who was hugging, um, you know, his his son. And I was like, oh, that's Mackay Becton. He's huge. And then he stands up, and Mackay Becton's sitting behind him. And his dad's like just as big, like six, seven, like three hundred something pounds. <laughs> so whatever they're eating, whatever's in their, their oats or whatever, I want some. Yeah, they're eating their wheaties, you know. Dude, yeah. the amount of players that they mentioned had an Olympian as a parent or both was way too many. Uh, it's just unfair, unfair genetics. <laughs> it's a standard now. Yeah. It just made me think yeah. of that though. Yeah, it's no. crazy. Yeah. The- Y'all mean your parents aren't Olympians? Oh, sad. <laughs> that's, that's rough. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> anyway, the, the bandwagon I'm hopping on is a high-speed internet access, especially if you're a professional athlete. Seems like a pretty good investment at this point. Um, a case in particular that stood out to me this year was the uh, two-time pro darts world champion, Gary Anderson, um, and had to pull out of the most recent tour event, as we, we all knew, we were all watching. Uh, because his Wi-Fi connection was too weak. According to his management team, he's a rural drone dweller and just doesn't have access to better internet. So you, you kind of got a feel for Gary. Um, so I'm hoping this all clears up soon and Gary can be back because the, the tour isn't the same without him. Um, but anyway, so if you are a pro athlete who relies on your internet connection for virtual sports, please please do it. Unless you're Kyle Larson, um, the NASCAR driver who said the N-word <laughs> during a virtual NASCAR race, in which case you probably wish you had never gotten internet at all. And also maybe that you just weren't a terrible person. Um, but for, for all other professional athletes, invest. Do it. <laughs> Goodness knows you can you can uh, afford it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> True. So for me, I, uh, I want to touch on first on Joe Burrow and uh, how people are saying Will he be the starter or not? Apparently, he was studying the playbook for weeks before he got drafted because, of course, he knew he was going to get drafted number one. Um, and so in, in that vein, people are like, oh, he should make like a strong case to start over Andy Dalton. Please, please come on now. If anybody in their right mind thinks that they're not going to like certainly start him 
right away in week one, then they're just crazy. He's going to start, and he's been studying the playbook for good reason, because he's going to start. Um, and then I also just wanted to touch on, like Lucas mentioned um, earlier, I really hope the virtual format doesn't come back next year. Um, it was great in some ways. Like, it was really wholesome seeing people with their families. Um, it was it was wholesome seeing, like, the fans cheering on the streams. Uh, but there are just too many weird things about it that yeah. uh, we don't we don't need to see again. So I'm, I'm jumping off the virtual format bandwagon uh, and jumping on the bandwagon of doing it normally next year. I know it's in Cleveland. It's not a huge W, but it'll be better. <laughs> Didn't they say it was in Vegas? Uh, it's Didn't in Vegas renou- the year re-announce- after. Oh, okay. Because they had already announced Cleveland previously. Because he he yeah. said the yeah. oh it's going to be the 2020 draft and I was unsure what the real draft day that he was announcing was. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's yeah we all know that Vegas is just the Cleveland of the South. You know that's kind of their kind of name. So <laughs> I just want a floating yeah. stage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the same in the same vein as Bart. I'm getting on the bandwagon of seeing players celebrate with their families. I really like that, I, especially when they like cried a little bit too. Honestly, I was like, oh, that's like pretty sweet. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't have to be at their home, but I, I like when they have like uh, like a big party with a bunch of people yeah. and they like all cheer like when they get. I like seeing that kind of stuff. Hopefully, we can see that next year a little bit. Um, Lucas, what about you? Um, so there are two last bandwagons I'm jumping on. The first is something White alluded to earlier, getting on the Roger Goodell passed out on his couch slash chair bandwagon. <laughs> I thought it was just funny. Uh, it was on like day two or three. And like he's just very clearly like overwhelmed and exhausted. And you just see him like hair disheveled and all over the place, like just like reading it, holding it up. Um, I thought it was funny. It showed it made him feel human for once. And like it turned into a good meme. Um, the other bandwagon I'm hopping on is the return of the Bundesliga in Germany. Mm. Um, all indications are that uh, the German Soccer League will return in mid-May, being one of the first like major sports leagues in the world to come back. Um, it looks like it's going to be an exciting close to this season. There are eight points between the top five teams of Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, uh, Leipzig, Borussia Mönchengladbach, and Bayer Leverkusen. Um, so, How long did you practice that uh, pronunciation? I don't know, a long time. I actually learned them all like the three days I spent in Germany once, so I'm just like <laughs> flexing that I know it now. Um, so with nine games left, it's really close between those top five teams. I think it'll be exciting, and I'm just excited to have some sort of live sports back, as it seems it will. Even it's interesting because didn't the French PM just announce that the French League will not be coming back? No. So yeah. how, how does that work? They border each other. I mean, what's this is the virus? <laughs> <laughs> Things I've learned from this, Germany is like a well-oiled machine of a country. Honestly, like their their curve is just like down. if they're told like to stay some distance away, they'll they'll do it. And you know, yeah. the soccer, yeah. the defense will be a, a light zone, but you know, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, anyway. no, they have this whole plan. Like it has to get like official approval sometime this week. But like all indications are that like sometime between like May 9th and May twentieth, they'll start playing games again. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So with that, we're gonna move into our last segment which will be looking at the nfl draft again but specifically at quarterbacks um we're going to look at which rookie quarterback we think will have the best career and it's not always just a question of who's most talented but maybe also who went to a competent franchise and who will be put in a position to succeed so jared of those newly drafted quarterbacks who do you have the highest hopes for um i'm gonna go with if i had to bet on one i'm gonna go with justin herbert 
Um, I think it's. I think it says a lot. It says a okay, lot about. I'm, him. I'm booking it for you. <laughs> yeah. In 20 years, in 20 years, we'll be checking it. Yeah. Um, I think it says a lot about him though that he that when he started at Oregon, he was the sixth string quarterback, and he was a three star. Think about like a three star college high school recruit is now the sixth overall pick in the NFL draft. I think that says a lot about his development. You can't teach speed or height. He's six six. He's athletic. He improved in um, from his junior season. So after his junior season, everybody was like, this could be the first overall pick in the draft. He stayed for his senior season and improved in every statistical category. Um, so less interceptions, more touchdowns, better completion percentage, more yards, all that. Um, in terms of their situation, too, people forget the Chargers. That they, they were coming off like a really good season. They're two, they're two years removed from a really good season. They have a really good defense. They have former Notre Dame player Jerry Tillery, Joey Bosa. Um, so if I had to bet on one, I would go with Justin Herbert. He was disagreeing. Probably. I, I just let's see. I just don't know how to feel. I, like I'm really torn on him. I don't know. Mm. I I feel like he really fits the mold of like the classic quarterback who gets drafted kind of early. He's kind of like an athletic specimen. Um, but he's he does he not he doesn't seem like he's like super elite at anything like he doesn't blow you away or make a ton of like wow plays as they say what are you kidding i know no, look like, at how strong it look at how strong his arm is yeah i know i know he's got a strong he's, arm, but like okay he's got a strong arm but on the flip side he's not particularly accurate so it's not all that great so like, i don't know he's I, a traits guy what what he's what like a traits exactly? guy where he just gets drafted off of his like he's he fits the mold of a quarterback he's super big he has a pretty decent arm you know, but you don't draft. I don't think you draft traits guys in the top ten. I mean, his know? touchdown. Jordan I mean, Love had... is a traits guy, and he got drafted twenty, and that's fine with me. If he gets, I mean, that's a good value for for the pick twenty. I mean, he but he's... for going for pick six. Herbert was better in college. Yeah, right? like yeah. Herbert. Okay, Herbert. But, but, no, I'm but I'm but not saying that Jordan Love was value, better. Though. Do you do you agree that Justin Herbert will eventually be good, Wyatt, or no? No. Okay. Wow. Not not in the top five as quarterbacks. Not not even the top ten in quarterbacks probably. <laughs> no, but I mean if you yeah, I think the best comparison here for him is like a Blake Bortles. I think I mentioned that last week. Mm-hmm. I think he's like a solid fifteen to twentieth best quarterback in the NFL. If he has a good enough team around him, he might be mm-hmm. able to do stuff. And like he will have a good team around him with the Chargers. But I don't think any success that the Chargers have will be on his back. Like I don't think. I don't think he hurts their chances, but I don't mm. think he helps them much either. I don't. Honest. I don't agree. I really don't agree <laughs> on that. Uh, like, like Blake. First off, like say what you want about UCF, but like Blake Bortles <laughs> played in the American Conference, and he had less less touchdowns, more interceptions than Herbert did. Like Herbert's playing in the Pac-12. It might not. It's not the SEC, but he's still. But he's playing in like a legit conference. And and why he threw thirty-two touchdowns and six picks. Like that's a good year. That's you a know, really good I, don't, year. I don't know. 66% completion percentage, you know. Jalen Hurts, for example, was a 69% completion percentage. So he's not far off. Yeah. I do think I think it'll help him to sit behind Tyrod. That I will say. I think he's going to sit. Yeah. Um, at least yeah. I hope he sits. He's not gonna I, I think in general it's, it's like beneficial for rookie quarterbacks to sit. Yeah. It, yeah it, even though it probably won't happen with Joe Burrow, it probably won't happen um, with, with Tua if he's healthy, but – yeah, I don't know. I, I think if he sits behind Tyrod, he, he'll have a better chance of developing into a, a great quarterback. 
What do you think, Wyatt? Well, I don't think he's going to sit. I don't think he's going to sit. I think yeah. we've heard this all before yeah. with Tyrod Taylor, where they go, oh, he's going to be our week one starting quarterback, and Justin Herbert's going to get a chance to compete for the position. And then eventually, maybe like by week three, or definitely by week six, I think is when um, Baker Mayfield took over, Justin Herbert's going to be the starting quarterback for the Chargers. We're not going to see Tyrod Taylor for the whole year. We're going to have to throw Justin Herbert at some point into that offense, um, especially if they want to like – I don't even know, like make a run for the AFC. Well, yeah, they will be trying to make a run, but it's also, I mean, they're in a, like a pandemic in a pandemic year, you know, it's, it's going to be kind of tough. It could be tough. Like, I don't know what the logistical challenges are to like come in and learn a new system. You know what I mean? Though? I like I'm how serious. you just said like a, a, a pandemic year, like it's an election year. Or something <laughs> know, right? That's like, what you know, Every yeah. four years. So I think wow. people well, just I think I feel like just just because Justin Herbert wasn't the biggest star in his class, people are like he's gonna be a bust. When like his stats are good, he he did help his team win games. Like look at the Rose Bowl. Like I don't know, I just don't know what to say. I just think maybe it's also part of the fact that he, I think that he's very clearly a step down from at least the skill level of, or at least like the star power level of like Joe Burrow and Tua. Like I think there's a big gap between those first two quarterbacks taken in the third. I think just even that like dichotomy, like comparing him to those top two makes me think of him less, even if that's not necessarily borne out by statistics or facts or anything like that. Well, I mean, I think not to belabor the point, I do agree that right now he is a step down, but like he he was like a 4.0 student. Like he's a smart kid. I think like those kind of adjustments he'll be able to make. You know what I mean? And he's big. He, He has like the physical attributes and I think he has the mental attributes to succeed as well. Yeah. No, Jared's right that it's interesting that he was kind of the, like, one of the top predicted QBs when we were looking at this draft, like, last year, like, possibly the number one, and he had a good year, so it's kind of strange for us to be, like, walking back now. It might just be that Tua and Joe Burrow have more buzz uh, at the moment, but yeah, I'm not sure what to think of. Anyway, outside of Justin Herbert, um, who else wants to throw out a name that they think is going to be the Jacob Eason. No, really? I totally disagree. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I can be convinced. I want to hear Jacob it. Eason, the Washington Huskies quarterback. He got drafted by the Colts. I don't remember which oh. round, but it was in one fourth of the later round. rounds. Um, I think fourth round. Yeah. So I think that the Colts, they're obviously they're in like a win now mode. Um, they're a team that can win now. They have Jacoby Brissett. They tried it with him. They're going to try it with Phillip Rivers. But I think Eason has a skill set that is going to make him better than both of them. He has a bigger arm. What, do, what does he have that? He's, what does he have that Herbert doesn't have though? I I, I don't understand. Well, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not arguing that necessarily. If if Herbert went to the Colts, I would say that he'd be better. But he's going to the Chargers. He, yeah, he's and Jacob Beeson's yeah. going to the Colts. He's comparing Easton to Brissett and to Philip Rivers. Oh, okay. Sorry, mm-hmm. I missed that. Anyway, and they also got Jonathan Taylor um, in that draft as well. So I think that the team's pretty equipped to win and i like jacob and i think he's going to be like one of those i don't think that everybody drafted in like the third or fourth round is going to be russell wilson but i think we're going to look at him in a couple of years and we'll ask ourselves how people let this guy walk so far i like disagree yeah people had apparently saw like character issues with eason and that they thought his his work ethic was suspect so like i feel like you can let yeah, that slide but... in the case where you know it's someone who has elite talent kind of thing um, but mm-hmm. in the case of a Jacob Eason who didn't even have like an amazing, 
you know, last year at Washington. He, yeah. he was good, but there were better Pac-12 QBs for sure, including Herbert and Tyler Huntley at Utah. Like, there were better QBs. Um, I'm, I'm not sold on him unless he, he turns that around, these apparent character issues. <laughs> I do think, though, like, having the opportunity to set behind somebody like Phillip Rivers mm-hmm. might help him, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I think it's a big gamble, but, like, if he... Yeah, if you okay. can get yeah, like Bart was saying earlier, was sitting like I think you have like like uh like uh, one of the better quarterbacks of like the last ten fifteen years or so, and Philip Rivers there mm-hmm. to sort of mentor him for even just like a year or two. Mm-hmm. It could help with the maturity. It could help him sort of settle yeah. in. Like I think if he's thrown right into a starting job, I don't know how well it will go, but I think that situation in Indianapolis is really good for one. One Plus, for him. Yeah, no, it's fair. Rivers is the complete opposite character wise. He Rivers has like fifteen kids. He's married. <laughs> he's yeah. he's like the family man. He's like he's he's way different than than Jacob Eason. That's true. I he can I learn. Did, I didn't check lately, Wyatt. It might be sixteen now. You know, you gotta, you gotta check every so often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't consider the fact that Philip Rivers could teach him how to lead the league in interceptions. He, he could learn. Some, <laughs> he could learn some. No. But, we can but, debate no, Philip Rivers' think, merits later. Think about think podcast. about the fact. Though that in a pass first offense with the Huskies, he only threw 23 touchdowns. You know, like that's yeah. double yeah. digits less than Herbert, for example. Yeah. Um, and, and think about the oh, fact that he got beat out for a job by Jake Fromm at Georgia, who got drafted like later than him. You know what I mean? I, I <laughs> it doesn't make sense yeah. to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not going to take see. that beat out by Jake no. Fromm thing, though. That seriously. Because <laughs> Jake Fromm also beat out Justin Fields, and you can argue that Justin Fields is a better quarterback than jake from is yeah you yeah. could argue it but people get beat out all the time joe burrow got beat out by dwayne haskins and um jt barrett <laughs> and true. he went first overall i mean whatever yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with yeah, yeah. um yeah, real quick is there anybody yeah. that we think is just going to be awful i wrote down justin herbert I wrote down Jacob Eason. Sorry, yeah, yeah. We're, we're good. I, I, I wrote down Jacob Eason, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, Jared. Okay, cool, yeah. yeah. Um, God, I'm not going to say awful, but I think Jordan Love, I think Jordan Love is not going to have nearly as much success as, yeah, a, as the Packers kind of hope he will. Because yeah. yeah. if you look at the way that they that the Packers as an organization has treated Aaron Rodgers as far as not drafting offensive skill talent, what makes you think that they're going to have a change of yeah. heart now that they drafted Jordan Love, yeah. who's – not nearly as talented yeah. as Aaron Rodgers was. They, they got him a fullback. Yeah. That's something. <laughs> yeah. 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 Step in the right direction. Yeah, no, I definitely agree on love. Um, but anyway, so now we're going to transition into our recurring segment, our short stories. Uh, I'm going to start today with, with my short story, uh, which is about um, kind of a random subject. But uh, apparently, so things I learned during the NFL draft, only 14... 1,458 people have been named Raekwon, spelled R-A-E-K-W-O-N, since 1880, according to uh, babiesnamehub.com, you know, a source that I'd never question. Note that babies is spelled B-A-B-Y-S. Um, <laughs> anyway, also note that in these Raekwons, we do not count the uh, Wu-Tang Clan rapper, um, whose actual name is Corey, um, so he doesn't fall under that. However, of these Raekwons... Uh, the Dolphins have two of them at the moment, which is pretty exciting. Uh, they, you know, previously had uh, Raekwon McMillan, and they drafted another one this year, Raekwon Davis. Um, the original Raekwon appropriately reacted on Twitter with another one. Um, but anyway, so it got me thinking about what name has the highest probability relative to all people of that name of making a professional sports league, say the NFL. 
Uh, because two out of, you know, 1,458 is a very good question. Um, so in other words, what should I name my child if I want them to make the NFL? So I didn't do the study this week, but I will, I'm going to, this isn't a book it, but this is a, a subject I will return to next week, um, where I will be carrying out a study of um, given data from Baby's Name Hub versus, you know, all NFL players or NBA players ever what name has the highest likelihood of actually making That's their hilarious. professional sports league? Um, I love so it. I will, yeah. I will report back next week. Please return uh, to figure out you know, what you should name your child, your son or daughter. So anyway. <laughs> Dude, it's going to be something like, like, have you ever heard of another LeBron besides LeBron? No, exactly. I, I think I might have to exclude the, uh, like the names that occur like once, but I'll give it that said, there are probably like so many LeBrons out there now. Like, wow. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, I feel like in the changed. last 15 years, yeah. LeBron is a growing baby yeah. name. Oh God. So yeah, if you want to make bets on what the name will be, please, please let me know. <laughs> You just better make sure you have a clean record before your kid goes to the NFL. <laughs> They're gonna true. put you on this. Exactly. On they will. Yeah. They will find anything within your life that has been sad yeah. or not ideal. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so obviously, everyone, including myself, has been watching the MJ docu series that has been has come out every single Sunday. So I decided to put together my top five biggest L's of the docu series so far. <laughs> So I'm going to start with number five. I'm going with Common, who tried to finesse $5 out of that kid, but didn't spell Michael right. So he had to give the $5 back. It's a That's story like that I've seen, story. I think, like two times. Yeah. But uh, big L on that one. Uh, number four, I'm going with Scott Burnell, which is Michael Jordan's teammate, who was labeled as uh, Dennis Rodman Jr. Like Michael was saying, oh, you're a party animal and you're always going out and that you know, like you're with a bunch of ladies and he's like, don't, he's like, don't, don't air this. He's like, Michael, you gotta, you gotta stop saying that. And then now we're all watching it. The entire country is watching him here. And yeah, he's a party he, animal. I think he's even like, my mom and dad are going to watch. Like, yeah. So. Yeah. So he's got some explaining to do. I'm going with number three is Doug Collins, which was MJ's uh, other coach. Not only was he drenched in sweat after the end of the game, he was like just running around like a madman, but this is what put him on the L's list is when he got fired, the news anchor reporter said, if you're going to work today, you're not Doug Collins, which puts him <laughs> on my list <laughs> as number three biggest L's. Fatality. Uh, number two is Scotty Pippen, who continues to grow on this list. We might see him at number one here soon. But not only did he have the bad contract, but he got slapped around in one of the episodes as a rookie. And then uh, they told that migraine story about the famous Scottie Pippen migraine game. And MJ still to this day was like, well, I guess he had a migraine. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> so MJ still doesn't really believe him as far as that goes. No. I mean, he's he thinks that uh, Scottie is weak to this day. That he, took, he, st- he did not go for a migraine <laughs> game. Play with food poisoning. And then number one, number one, uh, I tweeted this, is the French guy who tried to sneak an autograph in the tunnel. Yeah, he's a solid number one at this point but he tried to he didn't say anything he just he just said he said can i hold this nobody said anything back to him and then he tried to shake it off like he didn't even want it anyway so the french guy who tried to sneak an autograph is solid number one uh this list is fluid i will be updating it as the, <laughs> the episodes go on so um especially definitely at the end i'll give you another updated list of the top five biggest l's so far 
So that's going to do it for our show today. Uh, if you made it this far, go ahead and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Tweet at us. Let us know what name you think would be the best baby name for the NFL. Um, and then also along with some of the other takes that we've done so far, like the quarterbacks. Um, tell a friend. Thank you for listening. <laughs>